This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. All right, time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief, Global News. Quite the story there on the, on the news break there about the guy in a Kevlar vest selling cocaine. Yeah, we talked about this guy in the show yesterday. His name is Jerry Martin. So he says that he is a reformed drug addict. So he said he beat drugs himself. He has been in the uh, the legal marijuana business, I believe. And he said, I'm opening up a cocaine store. because." And his rationale is that these people are dying from fentanyl overdoses or they're buying poison drugs on the street. So I'm going to you know, sell them you know, quality cocaine. Well, right? that's against the law. It is against we'll the law. We'll see how fast he's shut down. I mean, he's basically trafficking. Yeah. And he says he has other drugs he's selling as well. Well, yeah, no, he says he's selling uh, cocaine, heroin, ecstasy. I believe he's got meth. I mean, mm-hmm. he's got a full suite of services here. So again, all of it, and products, all of it against the law. You cannot sell those controlled substances. It's a, no, it's totally against the law. And he was—he's been threatening for weeks now to set up this store. Mm-hmm. And he actually said, you know, today's opening day, and he—and he—he opened up his store. Let's listen to him here. So here he is. This is the guy with the cocaine store, and he says here, this is why he's doing it. Let's listen. Well, number one, just someone buying their drugs, it's a lot safer. You know, people have to go through a lot of things to get their drugs. They can be robbed in an alley. Many women get, you know, abused and do different things just to get their drugs, whether they got money or not. Um, so it's going to stop a lot of that. Plus, it's going to stop a lot of the overdoses. People are going to know what they're getting. And it's very important for people that if they buy something, they need to know they're getting that product. <laughs> it's almost like a cartoon. It sounds like he's had a couple of lines himself here, actually, the way the way he's talking. Yeah, but it's totally against the law. We'll see how fast. Uh, it's assume he's in Vancouver. How yeah, fast he is. DP, he's in Vancouver. Yeah. DPD moves on this, but uh, you cannot sell those drugs. No, no, it's illegal. You cannot sell cocaine. But uh, the whole decrim thing has opened up a, a whole some unintended consequences as a result. When we came up, uh, it's come up in the House here, the legislature, the last few days. Uh, over uh, open use of these controlled drugs, uh, even though they're decriminalized in terms of possession, they're being consumed in open public settings. Right. And that's got a number of municipalities up in arms and pa- starting to pass bylaws against it. Right. So decriminalization is, is the law here in B.C. It's decriminalization of possession. 2.5 grams mm-hmm. is the legal possession limit. Cocaine, meth, all the heroin. You, you are allowed to possess these drugs. You are not allowed to sell them like this guy is. What he has said, though, he said if they bust him, which I presume they will, I'm surprised they didn't do it immediately yesterday, he says he will launch a constitutional challenge against it. He'll, well, he'll argue a charter of rights and freedoms to safe drugs. Good luck right? on that. People who say they're going to launch charter challenges are usually have no idea of the charter law. I have no idea how the law actually works. We saw that with anti-vaxxers. We saw that with a whole bunch of things in the in the pandemic when it comes to public health measures. People say, oh, I'm just going to launch a charter challenge. I have no idea what that means. And so this guy's basically a flake when it comes to that argument. Okay, well, we'll see what happens with him and how long he keeps his cocaine store going. So let's listen to Kamloops ML, uh, MLA, BC United MLA, Peter Millibar from Kamloops. And like you mentioned, there are more and more municipalities now passing... Kamloops being the latest. Right. Passing nuisance bylaws. So it's interesting. So I think, I was talking to Milbar yesterday, explaining that some councils 
what was thought to pass a health bylaw. But that the Interior Health Authority is pushing back on this, saying, no, uh, we want to wait six months to collect data, whether this is working or not. So they've sort of pushed back. So now uh, municipalities have switched to a nuisance bylaw, which is basically it's a public nuisance to consume these drugs in public settings, in public spaces, such as parks and playgrounds, just just to name two. Uh, right. Because that's what the anecdotal evidence was was coming back, that people were sitting in playgrounds. And this was raised by the BC United, I think, last week, finding f- uh, fentanyl. Well, that was the, the, the little girl in, yeah. in Nanaimo who found a fentanyl baggie. Yeah, in uh, in, yeah. Uh, in the schoolyard. So right. um, that this is what they're trying to uh, combat against. So Campbell River, Sycamus, Penticton, and Kamloops are the four that have either doing this or quite seriously thinking of, of passing these bylaws. And I think you can start adding more municipalities to that list. And did you say that the local health authority has been urging them to sort of back off and not do that? Interior Health, according to Millibar and others, is, is saying, no, we want to we wait six months to, to gather exactly how this is working. And it was interesting, David Eby last week um, called this decriminalization thing an experiment wasn't permanent, so I think there's I think there's going to be a little revisiting of this issue, uh, if not from the provincial government. It's interesting they're letting the health authorities deal with this. Yeah. You haven't heard Minister Dix or the government to intervene much on this question of open consumption in public spaces, yeah. in parks, playgrounds, and such. But I think they will. Okay, let's listen to Millibar here. So here's the BC United MLA for Kamloops on this point. Let's listen. The fact that government is pushing back so hard on one of the most basic guardrails we could have in place, which would be to make sure that kids can play safely in a playground without having to be confronted uh, with open uh, hard drug use, uh, is is a bit of a uh, head-scratcher for me as to why the province would be pushing back so hard uh, on that type of a concept. Okay, but I guess he, he said what the health. You said the health authorities are saying. Well, w- wait a sec. We want to collect the data on this. Well, Interior Health is that's yeah. one one authority that's waited on this. I detect a bit of nervousness in the government ranks talking to some <laughs> MLAs about this. This is not going the way they thought it would go. There are some unintended consequences when it comes to this, and I think you're going to see the opposition push this issue with a little more vigor in the last week and a half of the session. Right, and the the original idea of decriminalization was to remove the stigma of mm-hmm. drug use, and if you did that, then more people would be willing to be admit that they're using drugs and get help. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the... That's the rationale. That's one right? of the rationales, but I don't think one of the rationales was to push open drug use into playgrounds and parks. Yeah. That is something that no one accepts, and I detect a bit of nervousness in the government side on this. Right, and British Columbia is the only province in Canada who has that has this decriminalization, mm-hmm. and it's with the approval of the federal you know, government. I, I reported this last night with Millibar, and afterwards I ran into a half dozen NDP MLAs who all said, hey, good report. Oh. So they're picking up on this. This is an unacceptable situation to have open drug use like this in place in public spaces. Yeah. Let's listen to Justin Trudeau here. Now, this is the prime minister. This is going back a few months when they originally decriminalized drugs in B.C. with the approval of the Trudeau government. Here's what he said at the time. We need to make sure that, A, we're following science and data, and that's exactly what we're doing. There's been long calls to look at decriminalization, but you don't want to do it without the system and the supports in place. And that's what we were really focused on with BC, to make sure that it wasn't just you know, flipping a switch. Okay, It sounds like they sort of did just flip a switch, though, without thinking this through. Not much evidence of a lot of consultation with mayors and councils on this. Mm-hmm. Um, so the mayors and councils are starting to push back, saying, wait a minute, 
it's one thing to decriminalize possession, but another thing just to not have a guardrail that prevents people from basically consuming these dangerous drugs in settings which are public settings, particularly that involve children. Yeah. So uh, this is a fluid situation. I think there's going to be some. Uh, so Millibar and the opposition are pushing for a province-wide policy on yeah. this, that you cannot right. have this, uh, these drugs consumed in, in public settings. Uh, so far, the government's not there yet. Okay, following that one closely, to say the least. Let me ask you real quickly your thoughts on time-of-use billing by BC yes. Hydro. We just had a ton of phone calls on this. What yeah, well, we talked about this yesterday. I think it's inevitable. Well, we're going to see as we consume more and more electricity, uh, whether it's for electric vehicles or uh, to replace fossil fuels, you're going to see more creative pricing situations. Not just BC Hydro, I think you're going to see in other jurisdictions as well. Uh, the, the energy use and efficiency and consumption is all going to change yeah. because it has to change, whether it's time of use. whether Now, whether or not hydro's got the numbers correct, five cents um, a kilowatt uh, reduction in overnight versus five cents a kilowatt uh, increase for prime, Maybe it's maybe those aren't the right now. I, mean, I think you had an earlier guest that suggests that's not the right equation. Well, no, he, Joel McDonald, who's a really good analyst, energyrates.ca, like he broke down the math on that, saying that the way that hydro is structured, this is not a good deal for consumers because you would have to switch more than half of your energy consumption to overnight in order mm-hmm. to save any money because that's the way they've set it up. He said it's a much better deal in, in Alberta and Ontario where they've got time. time well, hi, I, if you. Hydro is trying to uh, – their their equation is they think they can, um, in terms of future energy demand, that 22% will come from an increase in supply. The rest will come through um, efficiency, and that means time of use, I think, and it's going to probably be – the numbers will change over time. It's, People should be careful. If this goes through, and I, I imagine this would be approved by BC Utilities Commission, maybe they'll want changes, but... It might not be the five should cents. Be care- People should be careful before they sign up for this. If, make sure you're going to not setting yourself up to pay even more. Yeah, this is optional. Um, yeah, for now. So, yeah, so Hydro Hydro does provide on your on your monthly billing a fair amount of information on your energy use. Yeah. So the, the data is there for people to figure out, does this work for me? Okay. You know, shift workers are probably going to have a different view of this than, you know, overnight shift, such thing. You know, yeah. they're, they're, they've are they're got a completely different timetable. So it's up to individuals. But you say it's optional for now. For now, yeah. We'll see down for the now. road if it's going to become mandatory. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Baldry's Beat. Let's go right to your phone calls here. Mary on Vancouver Island. Hi, Mary. Go ahead. I just wanted to say that I think Kevin Falcon is definitely going to benefit from this drug uh, poisoning situation because it's showing a more compassionate, understanding side to him than you saw during his first term with the Liberals in the day. Yeah, do you mean like when he's calling for expanded treatment and mental health care and large facilities? Yeah, like to he's, treat like people? he's, yeah. he's uh, going for a more um, global view. And he's, I don't know, he's just, even his tone is more understanding. I mean, he was so tight back in the day. I mean, really. Uh, also on the uh, billing, I just yeah. wanted to say that overnight won't be, uh, won't be cheap when people are all pl- plugging in their electric cars. That'll be the prime time and you'll be billed higher. 
for overnight. Yeah, they might they might flip the the prime time to overnight when. Yeah, which is why I say this is a this is just the beginning of a conversation when it comes to time of use. Time of use today might change radically over time if again if suddenly prime time. Uh, becomes a different set of hours. If people are charging massive amount of electric vehicles overnight, well, that suddenly yeah. is not off peak. Right, yeah. And as for her point that she feels that uh, Kevin Falcon's tone has changed, well, he's taking a quite a hard line kind of law and order yeah, approach, I, isn't I, he? Yeah, I, well, interesting. On mental health, I yeah. think they have a fairly expansive uh, policy yeah. that goes further than the NDP government does in terms of treatment. So yeah. on that point, on law and order, no, they're taking a tougher yes. position, right. on, definitely tougher position on law and order. So right. one is more conservative than the other. Sean and Kamloops. Hi, Sean, go ahead. Hi there. Yeah, just calling regarding the, the decriminalization, decriminalization of the drugs. Uh, that was fine, but the, uh, the province has got to move on on bio, on the laws to keep them off the school grounds and playgrounds. Um, my wife is a teacher at a elementary school in North Shore of Kamloops, and every morning when you come in, uh, she's one of the first ones there. There's quite often somebody there, uh, and, and whatever state they may be in from their use, um, the custodian has to deal with them every morning when they get there. Their entrance alcove to their front entrance is using needles, et cetera, even oh. during the day. They have to go to them out on the field and ask them to leave because the kids are coming out. It's recess, et cetera. So they need to move on that. Oh, oh my yeah, goodness. That's, wow. Uh, that's an absurd situation. Yeah. You know, in the alcove to get into the school. Sean, are they finding any needles on the playground or anything like that? Yeah, there's paraphernalia. More often than not, it's in the alcove at the entrance in the morning. They, oh. they like these little alcoves. I don't know why. The, 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 the maintenance guys have installed the the lights it's out of the motion lights to try and deter them but they they just seem to love these schools i guess because after wow. hours they're quiet and nobody's there and and it's not a, it's not an infrequent thing it's it's quite a regular thing like my wife goes in it's, it's kind of dark in the morning winter and these people are here in, in whatever state they're in and she has to be hesitant even going up to them and wow. quite often has to phone the police and report them to get them off the grounds before the kids arrive Wow, that's that's something. I live across from elementary school in Victoria. We don't have that anywhere near something like that. But that's yeah. very troubling to see that's happening. Well, this is why Kamloops. This is why Kamloops is moving on exactly. Yeah. And that's why you're seeing other. And these seem to be smaller and mid-sized towns: Campbell River, Sycamus, Penticton, and Kamloops. So far, yeah, but that list is going to be added to. Sean, thank you for the call. Rob in Chilliwack. Hi, Rob. Go ahead. Hi. Good morning, guys. Hey, just quickly on the billing, I'll just touch on that real quick. Uh, electric drivers, get ready because it's coming. Yeah, someone's got to pay for the road improvement tax. Right now, it's all the uh, gas and diesel drivers out there. So be prepared. You're t- you're, it's going up. Having said that, Mike, the uh, when it comes to drugs, hard drugs, the NDP doesn't have a leg to stand on on this issue. They ran to Ottawa, didn't listen to what they said. This is to decriminalize hard drugs. Kevin Falcon, sorry, you agreed to this in principle. You know, yeah. With, mm-hmm. Regardless, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't buy what you say. Sorry. And Mike, I'll say it again. You know, whether that's why I'm a conservative. That's why I went because they have they stand on what they say. We don't believe in that. And okay. I feel that they're just enabling the drug users and they're hurting people. Mike, thank you. Thank you. For, thank you for that. You know, the NDP will constantly remind people, Keith, as well. Is it? Well, the Liberals supported this decrim too. Uh, they did it in an all-party committee. Yeah, they did support it. Now the Liberals will counter with that, saying, "Well, we agreed to it if the guardrails were there." Yeah, according to in a letter from from Ottawa that stipulated. 
things had to be. So they're arguing some of the guardrails are not there. Like and a public, like a public safety well, one campaign. That, one that's been exposed now is uh, public cons- well consumption of these drugs in public settings such as playgrounds and parks. Right. You know, should there be a guardrail guardrail to prevent that? I think most of the public would agree. So there the liberals, so the liberals are saying we supported it in principle, but you guys haven't kept your part of the deal on it. So. BC United is saying that. Oh right, yeah. Sorry, sorry. BC we're, United. We're, we're yeah. going to have a little jar here. Every yeah. time one of us says liberal, <laughs> yeah, right. We're going to throw a quarter in there. Right. BC United. Okay, <laughs> that's the last time I'll make that mistake. Oh no, it won't be. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.